I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back once again to Break It Down. I'm Alex McCarthy being flanked by the European Vince McMahon. Not my words. Not <laughs> my words. But that is Kenny McIntosh. Uh, Kenneth, brother, we made it to an episode two. <laughs> We're on a roll. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering back to June 2018 when Jim Ross said that was very funny. I took it as a compliment. It's, I always remember when JR was promoting the t- one of the tours and... Uh, and he said, and it was the way he said it was really funny, but he was like, you know, Ken, I'm not, I'm not going to do the impression. But he was like, yeah, you were like, you know, Kenny, you know, Kenny's got this great crew with him. He's got all these, you know, really attractive ladies, but it's lost on him. But, right. and then, and then listed out like the women on the crew. And I was like, and then when, when we did the tour, I was like, oh, by the way, Jim, I heard your little, uh, your little comment. And all I could hear was, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Shagger the ears. Um, anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Cowboy emoji. <laughs> Cowboy emoji all day long. Um, no, I'm good. It's funny because last week when we put this out, we'd been sort of talking about doing it for a while. And then there was like, you've got to come up with the logo, you've got to come up with the name, you got to get together and do it. And then we put it out and like we tweeted it and that was kind of it, right? And then we've got on Facebook, there's an Inside the Ropes community on Facebook that you can join. There's like 2,000 people in it. It's a pretty good group. There's not a lot of not mm. a lot of idiots. They get banned if they are idiots. And um, somebody had posted about it being like, 
is this a new like regular thing and then there's like loads of people been like oh where can i get it da, da, da. so i think we almost like undersold what it was so we got some good response it was nice yes i'm delighted about that and uh that actually reminds me mm-hmm. i got a dm today i'm just gonna Ooh. find it um to make sure i quote them properly um so the <laughs> the username is called mully the mank there you go that's mully the mank for you just wanted to shoot you a dm to say love the new podcast with kenny break it down is a great name <laughs> good to hear the both of you bouncing off each other uh talking about wrestling but like what i took from that is you know as, as i'm reading it I, you know i'm not saying i get tons of these messages but still they're nice when you get them yeah but i thought he was going to say something great about the podcast and he was like what a great name and i thought oh kenny's gonna love that because kenny totally came up with the name i I had nothing to do with the name yeah Um, well we know what happens when you you go molly the mank really appreciates your creativity kenny well i appreciate molly and his mankness that liked my creativity yeah i mean you've not got a great track record with names but that's not really fair on you because you know you had other people at play but yeah I appreciate that. The feedback's been very good. The feedback's been very good from everyone, and, I, and that's very nice to hear. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to do more of these. And um, it's WrestleMania week, which is very exciting. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Are you are you are you on what what level are you on? If tens like the most buzzed you can be for WrestleMania week, zero is the least. Yeah, yeah. Now on a Monday, on the Monday. So, 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 so yeah, I'm like I'm a five maybe, right? Which I don't want people to think is. Oh, not okay. high, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's, it's, I kind of have to get work out of the way first. You know what I mean, and like get there and get excited. Like I've, I've, because do you know what? this is really boring for people tuning into a wrestling podcast? But it's only Joshua Fight Week as well, so like my plate is so full at work, and then I'm sk- <laughs> I'm skipping out just to go. By the way, I'm going to LA WrestleMania. Sorry, you're gonna have to yeah. deal with this. Um, so that's our thing, but it's you know it's cool. I'm going to WrestleMania. I'm going with two other people. One of them has been my best friend since I was about sixteen, and we've been to we went to Raw together for like ten years straight at the O2, right? And this is before you know before before WWE and various companies would say, "Hey, Alex, do you want to come like for for, for free?" This is long before that. We we were going to the O2 every single year. You know, in the Fandango years, we were there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's really cool to be able to bring him to WrestleMania. You know, I'm, I'm kind of getting him to help me with, in a working capacity, but still being able to say, hey, man. Be careful like, what you say here, Alex. You never know who's listening. <laughs> he is. He's coming to help. He's coming. He's recording. I'm going to be watching um, that guy like a hawk. Be like, are you feeling? <laughs> you, better, you, you better be have looking you, at that camera. Have you earned your keep? Huh? I mean, um, my, the thing is, my my other half is going to be my cameraman for for this. So. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's he's buzzed about. We're it. Gonna, we're going to have angles everywhere, Kenny. <laughs> we're going to have about seven angles worth. Um, and I'm also bringing like he's I think his actual title for Dane Mowers, head of TikTok. If you can imagine, that's a job. But um, he's coming as well. So it's just great. Like, there's going to be a whole how many people, people you I've never? How many people are you bringing? Two. Two. Yeah, I've got two with me. Three yeah. man squad. Um, so we got, you know, we got that. I've never been to LA. Uh, there's several matches on the card that I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped for it. I really am. It's, it's going to be great. I just know that once I get work out of the way, 
My bag is packed, which is always a stress for me because uh, I am shit at it, Kenny. Um, sure. Then, yeah, then we're on. Then we're on. Give me a number for you. Where are you at? I'm at a seven because Ooh. I think that, I, you know, we talked last week a little bit about how I think the women's storylines are not as hot as the men's ones, which I wish they were a little bit more, you know, full on. But I think that yeah. they've got they've got like four big matches that people are really really into there's Cody Roman one there's Ray and Dom there's the tag title match and there's another one which I can't think of right now but there's the, like, Euro- the European slappers the, of the European yeah they've gone through uh, our guest this week Drew McIntyre and Sheamus right. so like to have four sort of big bangers on the card is is pretty exciting and then you've got like Cena opening the show now and he's kind of like there but he's not the focal point so there's a lot of good stuff and it's funny because for me, whenever I go to like WrestleMania or go to one of these weekends, my happiest point is at the end of the press day or the, the press days. Because when that's done, and it's like I've, you know, I've not shat the bed on questions and I've managed <laughs> to get something good, then I can be like, I've earned the, the earned having a good time at that point. But until you know then, it's, 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 I'm always on edge until that's done. I do kind of have a question for you as it goes, because um, I'm the same, right? With and, and this year, for those uh, unaware, as most of you probably will be, um, there's like two days worth of serious media before the first night of Mania, right? So it's like mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday leads into SmackDown. That's kind of like where we get our bread and butter. And you always want to do well. Uh, to me, I'm like... Uh, I don't think nervous is the right term. I think anxious is probably more accurate, right? And I know they're not they're from the same family, if you like, but I just want it to go well, right? And I just want to get the good stuff, and I don't want to fuck up. So, well, there's also the element I... you can't you can't control. You you can you can control to an extent what you do, but you you know yeah. it's like I always remember this example. Sorry to interrupt you before you ask this question, but I always remember an example where Dixie Carter did a you shoot interview with Sean Oliver, like, 12 years ago. Yeah. And, like, people were really annoyed by it. And, like, one of the things he said that I thought was really fair is he was like, I asked her the questions that everybody wants me to ask, but I can't control what her answer is. So, like, yeah. if you ask someone the question the right way or whatever, like, you can't really control the answer. So the the job that we've got is to kind of go, right, okay, you know, this is not, like, Frost and Nixon that we're doing here at the press morning. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's this is, the like... Best stuff you can. Yeah, you got to, what? What is the stuff that we can get that's like good material for for people who want to listen to it or watch it or or read about it or whatever, but also is appropriate within what you're doing. So, yeah. Anyway, what was your question? And, and that's, no, I'll get, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you you're right though because it's like and this is the other thing people don't realize that these things there's like twelve to fifteen talent being rotated around a room. And it starts off going, yeah, you're going to get five minutes with each one of them. And then by the time it gets to the person you really want, because you know, you know, it will do numbers. Like last year, it was Becky, for instance. It's like, yeah, you got two minutes. Like, two minutes. Like, and then you just, and then you're like, you, you don't really interview them the way you want to, because you kind of have to fire at them, you know, what you think is your best. And it's like, you know, there's a whole juggling act. It's a skill. <laughs> it's a real skill, uh, as I'm sure most of you are aware, but yeah, that, that's kind of what mania is. It's it, it's just kind of a mad roulette of, you know, dry, you come away from it thinking, God, I hope I did well. And you can barely remember any interview you've done. But uh, what I wanted mm. to say to you was, you know, when you do these sit downs with Inside the Ropes, 
So I've always looked at it and admired it and thought, oh, I'd love to do that, like a show in front of people or whatever. But at the same time, like, do you have that nervous, anxious energy that I just spoke about, but like times 10, or are you just so used to it at this point? What's the deal? Uh, yeah, no, it's harder because people have paid. <laughs> people have paid money, so you kind of have to. Yeah. You have to deliver something. Every time we do a tour, the first night's always the worst because, like, it might still be a good show, but, like, the person is trying to suss me out, trying to figure me out, you know, uh, and make sure that I'm not going to try and, you know, stick in. So, like, I've, my style has never been... I've got a fluff style of interview. That's always been my style. I think I get good stuff out of people, but I do it in a fluffy way because that's the way I, I feel comfortable. I don't really want to, like... Like, I'm not going to sit with somebody and bring up, like, their past drug abuse or, like, you know, throw a Benoit question in with it without... You know, because I'll often say to people, look, is there anything you don't want me to bring up? Like when I was interviewing Dustin Rhodes, I was like, look, I really want to ask you about Black Rain and TNA. I know you block people on social media if they ever ask you about it, but can I ask you about it? And usually they'll say, yeah, because you're doing it in a nice way or whatever. But yeah, it is stressful. But there's like moments where you get something really good out of someone that you were not like. So Kurt Angle is an example. Kurt Angle realized very quickly that the crowd really loved certain stories. So like the first mm. night, I remember with Kurt Angle, I was like, look, will you do sexy Kurt at the end? Like, if I bring it up. And he was like, well, he said, I'm doing knee surgery next month, so like I just can't, like, I can't dance, but I'll sing it if you want. Like, I'll, I'll do the bit. I was like, okay, yeah, that's good. I was like, I don't, I'm not asking you to dance. Singing it is more than enough. So we do the bit, and it's like, you know, pretend someone's written a question, do you remember the worst of sexy Kurt, blah, blah. So he sings it, but he like, we do the instrumental, he comes in a bar too late. So like it's out of sync, which made it even funnier. So that was night one. But as an example, because that was the night that he was kind of figuring me out and seeing if he was happy. By night three, he was standing up, smacking his own arse as he danced. That's all. But that's my job to get him to that point where he's comfortable enough to do that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a lot more challenging because also like with the press mornings, there's not really luckily for us, there's not really a massive expectation from people who are viewing it. It's more our we have to make it good enough that people want to read it or want to watch it or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah. so the the pressure's on us, but not because because it's like, you know, if I I don't, I don't want to say a name then because on the press morning because they're not on it, but you know, say I don't know, say Mick Foley was on the press morning at the time or whatever, there's going to be 20 people talking to Mick Foley. So we've got to be like, well, what can we ask Mick Foley that nobody else is going to ask him? Yeah. Or yeah. what slant can we do on something that's not going to... Uh, which is why it's quite good sometimes when I get to do the mag questions, the 20 questions, because they're just like, this is different to yeah. else. But yeah, so... Yeah, that's the same with me. Like I have like... I have a certain amount of things that I think, oh, this this might do well. I'll ask him, but you have to find a way in, right? Like you have to ask them in a in a way that makes you feel like you're makes them feel like I should say that you're not just like churning out questions. You go, yeah, give me the answer. Um, you, you, know, again, you, you and I are both guilty of something, right? And I can say it because I'm guilty of it as well. Sometimes what we'll do is we'll make our question too long because we want to get. Oh, yeah. And it's so hard. Like, I've tried so hard to cut that down, and I'm I'm really conscious of it because I'm like I I've only um I've only become conscious of that lately. Like I um I read 
maybe it was AJ Styles last year. And I read a few of the comments that were like, Jesus Christ, how long does he take to get to the question? I thought to myself, <laughs> and, I, I, and, you, and you know, sometimes like, I don't know, someone will say something on Twitter and you think, ah, oh, fuck off. Like that's, I don't, that, that, that comment, like I know that's wrong or whatever. Yeah. Right. But, but then I watched it and I thought, ah, they're right. <laughs> like there was, <laughs> there was a few, there was quite a few questions where I thought, God, I'm just like, but again, it's because you're trying to um, come at it from a different place or make it conversational. Like it's just, it, it's a bit of a balance out, balancing act. And sometimes when you're asking the question, you're kind of going along, like, you know where you want to get to, but you're kind of rambling. And I think, uh, yeah, a, that's something that I've definitely noticed it for me recently. I do just want to say this one thing and I, I, I'll be quick. So I know we need to get to Drew, but I do just want to mm. say something that, that fascinates me is, you know, cause there was the whole thing at Royal Rumble where Keith, Elliot Greenberg writes for the magazine had got up and he'd put the outlet wrong because he was just like yeah. not. Exp- I, I don't think he was expecting to ask a question at that point. So he mucks up the outlet, or whatever, and then he had all this ab- abuse from people going, "Oh, what a shit question, or whatever." And it's like, right, look, we're at a press conference that's organised by WWE, so obviously it's you know there's there's like a kind of unwritten rule of you know we're here to participate in a press conference that is part cafe, part real, or whatever, like. That is what it is. And there's people on Twitter who go, well, you know, if I was there, I'd ask the tough question. It's like, right, what would your tough question be? And then yeah. if you think about what your tough question would be, you would probably never be asked back at any point. So then you, so then it's like, so you want one of us to bring something up that we know they're A, they're never going to talk about. B, you're never going to get out of it what you think you would get out of it. And then you want us to be blackballed. Like, what's the point? I don't. I don't get it. So, yeah, I always where's the victory there? Yeah, it's just yeah, I mean, it's pointless. I, I think with those presses as well, like unless you really get a chance to ask Triple H something, it's pretty pointless because the rest of them, the talent are, are basically in kayfabe, like pretty much. And and if not, then you know they're not going to give you the you know you're not going to go oh, who who planned this spot in the match or whatever. And they're never going to tell you that shit. Because obviously it's like being streamed on the WWE network, so there literally is only so much you can ask them. But Triple H, obviously, at least you can get some kind of you know more business questions in there. But uh, yeah, I think they're a very flawed uh, idea, to be honest. But oh well, never mind. Speak an interview that isn't flawed is uh, Drew McIntyre <laughs> coming up here now. Uh, I, I did speak to Drew last week. Hell of a week. We had Shawn Michaels, Undertaker and Drew in a week. We had to save Drew for WrestleMania week because as Kenny and I have uh, alluded to on the show thus far, there is going to be a shit ton of interviews coming after this. Uh, We are going to have two a week forever once we're done with our week in LA. But it was cool catching up with Drew. Like, uh, I mean, I've had a million interviews with him, but actually hadn't spoken to him for a little while and now he's going to be in one of the most exciting matches, I think, at Mania. For the majority would agree. Um, shall we get to Drew McIntyre? Yes. Uh, he, hopefully he's going to have a banger and bring the title home to Scotland. Or, or sorry, Britain. But, um, yeah, here's Drew. And Andy Murray. All right.
Drew, how are you, brother? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'll say marvelous, marvelous. I think I got home this week for seven hours, so that was pretty sweet. But a good week, yeah. a busy week, but it is mania season, so we're go, go, go right now. Listen, you'd go stir crazy if you sat at home for a day anyway, I think. That is true, that is true. I do like to see my cats, though. Give them a quick pet, and then off I go. Oh, they're like, oh, it's that guy again. Yes, <laughs> maniac shows up every so often. <laughs> well... I'm Alex McCarthy, joined by Drew McIntyre. It is WrestleMania season, as you guys know. Man, it's starting to heat up in the, on your end, Drew. Yourself on, yeah, we've got SmackDown tonight, of course. Gunther's got the Intercontinental title. Yourself and Sheamus kind of jostling for position, but it is a position you are primed for now. Me and you have spoke about you versus Gunther, you versus Walter, whatever iteration you like. We've spoken about that in years gone by. Like You, you wanted that, right, when he was NXT UK champion. I believe you had lobbied to go over and face him. You'd said yep. previously, you'd made the suggestion. But now, you might be on the cusp of getting it on the biggest stage possible. Some things are worth the wait, I guess. 100%. Yeah, I was after it from the second he signed to WWE. And I was pushing, pushing, pushing to be involved in NXT UK. Uh, it never happened. I was a little bit upset. I never had the chance to wrestle him in the independence either. And I'd seen him a couple of times. Like, I really want to get in the ring with this guy. We've had the chance to, you know, get our hands on each other or each other's chests once or twice, <laughs> namely the Royal Rumble <laughs> this past year. And like you say, uh, some things are, are worth the wait or some other people around me see the bigger picture rather than, you know, the talent like myself saying, I just want this match right now because I want it. <laughs> some people around us uh, might be thinking big picture, like, yeah, I want that too, but let's save that for a big old stage. And if I can get through old Sheamus tonight, then that big stage will be the biggest stage of all with WrestleMania. Well, that's it. Obviously, controversy last week. Uh, who actually got the pinfall first and all of that me. good stuff. You yeah, slowed well. down, which I didn't slow it down, but thankfully all my amazing fans out there take way more time than I do to study the tapes. And uh, <laughs> Jess, our wonderful referee's hand, came down a split second quicker than old Dirty Dan at the other side, uh, the other referee <laughs> trying to screw me over. But uh, so, yeah, I, I had it, but, you know, sometimes I got to fight against management. Uh, Pierce didn't study the tapes, and so now I got I to gotta fight Seamus, take him out, hurt his feelings. Although he's hurt mine recently. Um, you know, going on about uh, 
Why did why did you challenge him? You know, I wanted that. That's the one thing I wanted. It was a it was four weeks to mania. Wouldn't you get to wait the day before or the day to challenge? They better mm-hmm. do something. <laughs> So, uh, well, yeah, uh, things are heating up on Paddy's day of all days. Well, that's about to say, you know, <laughs> same as kind of home field advantage almost uh, on today. But, um, you know, it's funny, I was, I was about to say that to you. Obviously, you WrestleMania lineage and, you know, you've had Roman there and it's obviously everybody wants the, the classic historic moments there. You were kind of in with that bloodline story heading towards the back end of last year, carrying cross. Um, when did the, you know, the idea, I guess, that you okay, maybe I could do something with with Gunther, and then I don't know, or, or Sheamus as well. I guess you two being great friends, if that was ever to happen at WrestleMania as well, like when that idea starts unfolding, is that something that you think, oh man, I'm really excited about that? Like out of all of the options that are out there, you know what I'm saying? Like all the things that you could even wish your way towards, wanting to first time ever sort of match up with Gunther or being involved with Sheamus, it's got to be two very appealing options. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, the way everything went down at Clash of the Castle, uh, myself and Roman and Solo getting involved, and you know, the follow up with the Usos, myself and Sheamus, and the bloodline strength and numbers. Unfortunately, you know, getting the win in the end meant that you know the heavyweight championship and the tag team championships weren't even options. As much fun as Sheamus and I have been having uh, recently, and there's no way after all the work that I've put in the past few years and this past year specifically, if I get my schedule sent over to you and you look, you know, at all I've done this past year and how hard I've worked, there's no way I was going to miss Mania. And if I sat down and looked across the, the board, which I did, and saw, you know, where could I see myself? Um, I was like, oh, there, that's handy. There's a dream match right there. There's Gunther. Mm. He's on the run of a lifetime right now. He's the best shape of his life. It was caused a lot of attention. He's really found his footing, his Imperium group. Um, and myself are perfect together. And it's the Intercontinental Championship, the first championship I ever won in WWE. What a perfect moment. I've been searching for this moment, you know, since uh, the crowd returned after being, you know, champion and having the title, uh, WWE title for over 300 days with nobody there and kind of pulling the load. I've been waiting for that moment with the singles championship with the fans for so long and how poetic it might be that the championship that I might be able to raise at WrestleMania in front of fans would be the first one I ever won and the one that I didn't appreciate when I first won it. When I was 24, when I got the IC title, I was like, yeah, I'm IC champion. This is part of the plan. You win this, then you win the <laughs> yeah. world title. I saw more of a stepping stone, and that was my mindset at the time. And now, after everything I've been through, this would be a true full circle moment if I'm able to get through Sheamus, to get through Gunther WrestleMania, then finally have that moment with the championship and the fans at WrestleMania. Let me ask you about Clash of the Castle quickly. Um, now, I understand you might not be able to give me a, such a forthright answer here, but it, it felt like the right time. Is, it, would you say that you felt like that in, in Clash of the Castle? That actually, I know you'll say you want to, you, you would have wanted to win, but you know what I'm saying? The atmosphere in the arena that night, and it was like, who's going to be the one to deframe Roman? And I think as that match went on, you could see it on Twitter and I could certainly feel it in the stadium. People going, why not now? Right? Like this feels that, that magic of what I'm saying that you can't always get in wrestling, right? Like we'd all love to bottle up. It was there that night. Right? Like, and yeah. I, 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 is it kind of like that bittersweet when you go backstage and you go, you know what? I've done a great job. It's a classic match, but man, it was right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's very rare. If ever you get moments like that, I mean, it's more than likely if ever you get moments like that where there's a mm. stadium full of people 100% and 
you know, on one guy's side 100% against the other guy. The story has just peaked at the perfect time, and you have a chance to really take a talent to that next, next, next level. Um, and that's what we had that clashed. And yeah, again, I'm talking about the bigger picture earlier. You do have to look at the bigger picture and what's the plans, you know, for Roman and the bloodline storyline. But at the same time, it's like, oh, is that a way to do both? And, you know, in my mm. mind, does was like, ah, theory is that money in the bank case. There might be a way to pull this off to, you know, look after, you know, Roman and the, the bloodline story, which is the bigger picture, but at the same time, make a talent and take them to the next level. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes old McIntyre doesn't quite get it done. It's the story of my life and my character's life, I guess, that I keep getting knocked down and knocked down. And I guess that's why my fans keep rallying behind me and pushing for me and believing in me because they see, you know, how hard I work and how much I believe no matter how close I get and keep getting it taken away from me. And I'll continue to push forward until we finally get that moment. Uh, just going back to as well, you know, we've talked about what you've done the past couple of years, but, you know, it's almost it feels so long ago now that we were in that pandemic era almost, right? Because you go so hard. Right. And obviously you were, you were the guy propping it all up and you had the hardest task at the time. I thought you did a magnificent job. I've never been shy saying that. Um, when you look back on that title reign now, you know, is there anything that you know sticks out to you or, you know, that you're particularly proud of? Because, you know, I often think about, I think it was Stephanie McMahon who tells the story that Eddie Guerrero went to Vince after his reign, he was like, you know what? I'm ready to be your champion again. And I, and I bet you're chomping at the bit to say the same thing. Oh, I know I'm ready. And I've been ready. Um, but again, there's this giant storyline going on right now that uh, dictates all the titles being involved with it. And there's so many bit players and it's hard to say, like, well, just give it to me because, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> when you're watching it going, man, it is, it is pretty intriguing and there are so many layers to it. And it is something very unique that I do not remember the last time that such time was taken to tell such a slow burn story. You know, generally we're kind of rushing to the finish line because we have these premier live events every single month. We're trying to get matches built up as quick as possible. But the the ones involved in that story have just put their foot down and said, we're slowly building this and it's worked. The proof is in the pudding and maybe we'll see more yeah. of that across the board. So, you know, eventually, um, you know, it's going to reach a climax. I'm sure it'll be awesome. And, you know, I've got my eyes on certain people that could potentially pull off the big one. Obviously, Cody's got the big match. Uh, I want him to do well. It'd be cool to see him pull off the big one. But at the same time, I look at guys like Sammy and I look at Jey Uso. I'm like, man, there's a lot of potential options where this could go. There's still steam left in it. And the second that, uh, you know, it slows down and those titles change hands, old Drew McIntyre is going to pop his head back up and say, hey, remember me? <laughs> Me. unfortunately yeah, I lost recently so I can't go diving in anytime soon or I'll be crapping on myself good god did you just have a match <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a, a couple of like uh, shorter questions to, to get to here I spoke to the Undertaker this week which by the way was just an incredible joy um, and he said the two people that have bugged him most to come out of retirement or that he would know was actually you and Seamus <laughs> does that oh, surprise yeah. you does that surprise you at all Seamus knocking uh, down the door as well. Yeah, of course. Anything I do, Seamus wants to do. And then he says <laughs> it's the other go. way around. It's like, oh, whenever I do something he wants to do, I'm like, nah, mate, it's the other way around. You get jealous when you want to do everything that I'm going to do. Or I don't do and suggest. Then he goes, well, I want it anyway. I was like, right, Thanos, calm it, mate. You can't have all the Infinity Stones. The rest <laughs> of us want some, some as well. But it's awesome that Taker said that. Because, yeah, I mean, I have you know, harassed him for many, many, many years. Um, especially when I was younger. And he was put in charge of me as my mentor. I'd drive him crazy with questions and 
as the years passed and, you know, went away from the company, came back, grew up a lot. We became, you know, peers talking on the same level and uh, friends now. It's cool. I can send them a text or we see each other at events, specifically WWE community events at Special Olympics and the like. And we get the chance to hang out with the wives and stuff and talk. And, um, you know, if I get the opportunity, which is whatever I can find it, Badger and go, how's that body feeling? <laughs> so, so come, on, come on, yeah. man. You can do it. Eat. We'll do, one of, yeah. we'll do one of those men, mental cinematic matches if you want, but I know we could do it if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I know, like, we were laughing about the gif because everyone went crazy over it, right? The Drew McIntyre pops up behind oh, us. Oh, yeah. We thought that was the time. We thought maybe that was the time. It's, uh, and that was awesome. Even that day, I remember, like, it was Taker who approved that that moment right there. Um I think doors were were pretty much coming, and I just had an I don't know what sparked it. I just had that idea. I think I might have just saw Ramble, um, like well, good, maybe not the most recent one, but the two Rambles ago, where he rose up behind the machine gun, and that specific mm-hmm. image was so cool. And I remember just thinking the idea of like rising up behind the horror movie character, um, as he does, you know, his trademark uh, signature finishing maneuver. Um, with a really cool moment, but then before you actually get to take him out, the um, good guy saves the day with the Roman with the spear. And I just had that image in my head, and you know, said it. And Ticker basically stopped everything. I went, We're not opening any doors until we look at this. And sure enough, <laughs> had a look at it, got it right, it came out awesome. I'm glad he went for it. Speaking of um, ideas and getting them right, obviously, you were the first guy to kick out of the end of day. Um, yes, I'm... I love to talk about this. Do you click this? And then tag Baron Corbin. <laughs> Remember that time I kicked out of the end of days last year at WrestleMania? The grandest stage of them all. The end of days, the movie that never been kicked out of. I kicked out of it. Um, I, I actually love that finish too. It's a great finish. Um, it is a great finish. Kick out of. Was... But also it's a great finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, 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 when was that decided? Was that always kind of something that you thought, you know, and this would be a cool moment when we get there? Or like, was it like a really <clears> big thing on the day of where it's like, Shall we do it? Shall we not? Because it had been protected incredibly well. Like, I, I can't think of any others in recent memory that have gone the distance like that, that no one's kicked out of. There's, I mean, there's a handful that are really well protected, but that one went years. Um, can you remember the process? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was probably only a few days leading up to it and the day itself, discussing what a big moment it would be. Um, realistically, you know, every finish has been kicked out of eventually. Not until it's built up enough and established enough where it's genuinely shocking. Like the first time the tombstone was kicked out of, um, you know, the stunner was kicked out of. Everything has been kicked out of the Claymore uh, a couple of times as well. But they're all established enough that when it happens, it's such a shocking moment. And you know, the end of days has been literally years um, that it hadn't been kicked out of ever. And it was just, you know, when is the right time? Realistically, you're going to retire and sit there in your rocking chair like, ah, nobody kicked out my finish, that's my legacy. <laughs> or are you going to have that moment where it did happen and you have that appropriate reaction? And uh, like it was you know, very cool of Corbin to to be a cool with him, or not cool, but uh, you know, understanding of me kicking out of it at WrestleMania as the baby face that was on the rise, going on to wrestle, you know, Thanos and Roman Reigns after that mm. had to be propped up as big as possible and uh, you know everything was trying to go into that character to get him ready and you know the heel's job is to get that baby face ready and there's no better heel really in the company than Corbin he's just a true heel through and through and uh, very giving in the matches for such a big guy you'll see him sell 
uh, for anybody of any size. He's such a great athlete. And that finish was so big. It was such a big moment for Drew. And as much as I give him hell and like to talk about how I kicked out of all the things I kicked out of it and the first person ever to kick out of it, I am very grateful to him because that was a huge moment in my career, a huge moment in that match, the way people reacted in the stadium, the way yeah. Corbin reacted as well. You know, made it very special and really showed McIntyre as, oh my goodness, this guy's a monster. Maybe he can be the one to go on and beat Roman. That's it. Um, the final one for me, mate. Uh, obviously, Triple H brought you back to WWE with NXT. You were the chosen one with Vince McMahon once upon a time. You were the WWE champion under Vince. Now Triple H is back. So it's kind of, you know, in charge, kind of. Um, so it's kind of safe to say you've got a great history with both men. So I'm just curious about your yeah, working under them, um, if it's any different, like those kind of relationships, or has it kind of been business as usual for you? Because by this time, you are like established main event player. Has there been any differences? Um, yeah, talk me through that process. Uh, for me personally, not that different. Um, like you mentioned, I've got a good relationship uh, with both of them. So every single week, I would make sure I got some face time just to make sure we're on the same page and what we're trying to achieve um, with the storyline that week or with the character that week. Because um, sometimes it can you know, come from the top and then go to the next person and the next person in Chinese whispers. And by the time you do it on screen, um, it's not quite you know what they envisioned or maybe it's not quite what it could be if you work as a collaboration mm. um, and go straight to the top. And, you know, that's been my mentality for a couple of years. So it's exactly the same now as it was, you know, with Vince. Um, I go straight to, to Hunter to see what he thinks, get his opinion, collaborate, brainstorm, and try and put on the best performance that night. Sounds good, my man. Uh, are, we, are we working out in LA? Is this what's happening, Drew? Are you getting in there with me? Oh, are, we gonna get, are we going to hit the gym? Are we going to be in the gym? Getting ready for it? Because I'm, I'm going to be there, man. Mania season. I've been getting ready, you know, pretty pretty heftily this year. You know, I say I've got to get through your Sheamus tonight, but I think I'm sitting in around 280 pounds right now, which is the heaviest I've ever been, but still wow. lean. My cardio is still good. Uh, my philosophy was if I ever get my breath in a match, I'll really up that cardio and drop the weight. But Still feeling good at 280. Um, so I've got Seamus and Gunther both outsized right now. Um, out quickness for sure. And not even close when it comes to quickness and agility. And um, ex- I've experienced as well. So I'm feeling pretty good about my chances tonight. The luck of the Irish is not going to save Seamus's arse. And then WrestleMania, Gunther's going down. I'm going to chop him to bits. There it is. There it is. Uh, maybe I'm not your best workout partner, actually, when you've got Seamus and Gunther on your horizon. But uh, nonetheless, well, I'll see you in LA well, anyway, Drew. I'll, see you work in LA. I'll be in the gym if you show up. You can join in. <laughs> you have to lift what I lift. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, Drew, I know you, you're a busy man. TV day, game day, in fact, with Seamus. My man, thank you very much for the time as usual, and I'll see you in LA. See you in LA, brother. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Welcome back to Break It Down. Alex McCarthy back here with Kenny McIntosh. And you just heard Drew McIntyre giving us his thoughts 
pre-mania. Uh, it was really, it's always good to get into into it with Drew because uh, I like to think he 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 lets his he lets it down for the British journos. He likes to he likes to be everyone's pal, big Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see that triple threat match. But enough mania for the second. We've been speaking about what we're looking to do there and what we've got to look forward to. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about CM Punk a bit, Kenny. <laughs> have to talk about CM Punk a little bit. Now, uh, I, I just put a tweet out there not long ago, actually, um, because it's uh, Wade Keller has been at it. Now, now let me read to you what Wade Keller has been saying today. The top third to half of the AEW locker room do not want CM Punk back, he says. John Moxley and CM Punk do not like each other. There's a tension between those where certainly they are not in a position now where anyone would predict that they uh, will ever work together. From what I can gather, the belief is, the sentiment is, Punk isn't welcome back. The wrestlers don't want him back. My sources are saying maybe one or two or the top third or half don't want him back, as alluded to in the headline. It's mostly Punk doesn't get along with Moxley. Punk doesn't get along with Hangman. Punk doesn't get along with the Bucks. Punk doesn't get along with Kenny. Punk doesn't get along with MJF. Uh, And he goes on to say the AEW locker room goes from peaceful coexistence to really liking each other and getting along. And Punk is kind of the exception to the rule. Now, uh, again, this is going off Wade Keller's words. It's also worth noting that Dave Meltzer, very remorseful today, uh, if what I'm reading is true, about dropping the Punk news on his own message board um, you know, causing more problems just as Punk was perhaps looking to come back to the wrestling business. Uh, it's a it's another mess. <laughs> like it always seems to be the case when Punk comes around. Um, you know, I was just riffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Roman doesn't like Punk uh, on the record, right? We've seen this, and Seth sure wasn't holding back. The, I think it was, was it Royal Rumble they were doing? Yeah, uh, Nick, Hose, Nick Hoseman he spoke to and said. Oh, he did not hold back, did he? Um, is there like, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it's the cult podcast in 2014 or whatever it is, but um, the Shield do not like punk is what I've taken from this over the years. Um, but man, it, I, I don't know if it's, it doesn't seem like it's a work or anything. No. How could you feasibly bring CM Punk back like is his days are his days done it's tough because I feel like one thing to bear in mind is that I think you know when Dave Meltzer reports stuff and Brian Alvarez they are they, they have a good relationship with people who do not like Punk is the, is the nicest yes. way to say it. and yes. we don't really hear from anybody in Punk's side because Punk's side don't really speak to well I mean they definitely don't speak to Wade Kelly they don't speak to Dave Meltzer I think Punk has a good relationship with Mike Johnson at PW Insider. It's tough because I don't really care if a wrestler is a good person or a nice person. <laughs> I'm not saying Punk is a bad person or not a nice person. I have no dog in the fight. I, you know, I will say this: Punk wore a women's reproductive rights shirt on TV, which I appreciated. He cared about mm-hmm. women's rights, so you know, I don't. He's a monster. Is he a bit of a prick? Maybe, but. At the end of the day, why are the wrestlers running the show? Like, yeah, I mean, people Tony, people are saying, "Well, they won't work with him." I was well, like, "Well, you know what? what? These Isn't wrestlers that... are paid a lot of fucking money to work one day a week, 
So if he if Tony Khan wants to bring him back, they should fucking just do it. Because but then the the, the problem was always going to become at the beginning when AEW was we're all friends and whatever. That you know eventually that was going to change, and maybe it is all punk. I always feel like when when everybody's piling on one person, yeah, there's part of it where there's maybe no smoke without fire, but also we're hearing one side of the story. We're hearing one side of everything. Like I do love this, the whole thing about when Punk was saying, you know, Moxley's Rocky idea. You know, I've never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Super. I I have a real soft spot for CM Punk because I really like the fact that he doesn't seem to give a shit about what he says. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy that about him. Do I think I would necessarily want to work with him every week? Maybe not, but. It's a shame because if this is the end of his wrestling career, I think that I think that we'll look back that this has just been handled quite badly because it shouldn't have got to the point where it did. The press conference, which you know, I've said I've, I've said this before, it bears repeating. If there was a problem with Hangman and a problem with Punk, why were they not put in a room together, Tony Khan, going right? Let's sort this. Let's fix this. I think we we've said that about Tony Khan a few times though. Like, was it the? Uh... Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston situation. Yeah, and I think multiple ones you can spot too. Like Sam, Sammy, we called him fat or whatever in the promo, and it was allowed to simmer for like two, like a week, two weeks before Kingston then sees him at TV and goes for him, right? And you think everyone knew, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they must have known there was a problem. Yeah, uh, like everyone was speculating about it on online, right? So it's not it's not like oh Kingston just went for him and then we all found out. Like it was well known that there was a lot of heat from the promo. I mean, and I just it, think Tony had every opportunity to get him in a room and go, "Hey, now, <laughs> come but on." Then the, the the other problem is so like because I would love to see Punk go back to WWE, but I mean, I know it's probably never going to happen. But I mean, again, I just don't think like in the in the old days, it used to be that even if wrestlers hated each other or didn't like each other. That was an opportunity to draw money with each other. Hardy and Edge. Yeah. Where is that? Like, the uh, look, with these people, I'm still like I'm getting a high horse. If you're paid $2 million a year to wrestle for either AEW or WWE, you should not be the person deciding on who works there. But but also Mm. the boss of whoever works there should, you're within your right to go, this shit he did before can't fly again. And make sure that's enforced. But like, apart from that, I don't really think you can police who's there, especially when you could make loads of money with them. But yeah. maybe, maybe. I mean, the, that... So I, I was going to say maybe the admission would be that if he came back, it's 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 kind of saying that his behaviour at the press conference was okay. Maybe that's the problem. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a shame to me if he's not back in some way. Or goes to WWE because, but then I mean, with WWE, it's like I can't see them not bringing him back one day because they've brought back everybody. Like who who yeah. did they not bring back apart from Randy Savage who died, you know, at fifty seven, or he would have been in the Hall of Fame in person a couple of years later. Can you think of anyone they didn't bring back? No, but uh, it, it's all it's all different situations, right? So you know, case by case basis. From I I don't personally know CM Punk. Never, you know, I, I've been on conference calls with him with AEW and you know whatever, but I've never actually even met him in the flesh. The only uh, 
experience that I had. Roman, I was in a, I did a conference thing with Roman Reigns years ago, and I asked him a question, and I don't even know if it was my question, you know, but I tweeted it that he had said about CM Punk in UFC, right? And uh, someone said to him, "Are you going to, are you going to watch his next fight?" And Roman's, Roman's, I can't remember the exact quit, but it was something like. Well, but you know, I better go to the toilet or I miss it, right? Because he, he got beaten quite quick in his first fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tweeted it out, you know, <laughs> when I, uh, in, in my years of thinking, God, that's going to get a lot of likes. And uh, and Punk blocked me about it, right? And I thought, that's a bit strange. Just don't shoot the messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do, I do kind of get, right? That he thinks, I, I, not that I tagged him in it or anything, but I do get that he probably thinks, well, oh, fuck this guy. Um, so I thought, I didn't, I didn't think too much of that. Um, I love Punk the Performer, and I thought actually his run in AW was fantastic. But if we're just going to go on what we saw in front of the camera, love seeing him randomly wrestle, you know, pretty much every week. I thought his program of MGF was was class. Uh, I, I did, I did enjoy. I thought AW was richer for having CM Punk. I don't know what the price of that was behind the scenes. Right, we're kind of just learning now mm-hmm. that everybody has a problem with Punk. Now, notoriously, in, you know, if you watch the WWE documentary of CM Punk, he's very open about being kind of an indignant person, right? Like he's he's not shy about who he is. Um, but there was kind of like this fairy tale love story when he came to AW of like, oh, you know, I've returned to wrestling, and you know, he's he's learned so much in the time that he's been away. You know, maybe he's grown up a little bit himself. He's here to enjoy it now and savor it. How long did that last? Because everybody hates him, apparently. Like, literally, you you look at all those names, like from MJF to, you know, it's not even just the elite, is what I'm saying. It's like a, a widespread net. So, I'd love to know what he did to rub everyone up the wrong way. Um, but you, either you way, just meet, uh, you just meet some people who are very abrupt, very blunt, don't play the game at all. Um. Like I've, I feel like I feel like in my life I've met a lot of CM Punks and I've been friends with a lot of CM Punks. I mean, I'm not really friends with any of them now because being friends with someone like that tends to mean it's not forever because it's got they a will short get shelf life. But I, yeah, I feel like I I resonate more with people like that because I don't know. Yeah, I I just feel like we we've got well, one you're, you're 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 a you're a frank bloke, so you don't. I feel like uh, you know you don't you don't suffer fools or anything, so. Maybe I, I try not to. I try not to be false to people because I just don't think it's. Yeah, I, I, I try not to be false. I mean, that's going to be tested at some point, so I think. But um, <laughs> I could say so much, but I won't. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, but yeah, but, but that's yeah. the thing. But wrestling would be better with CM Punk on my TV. Is my point right? Yes. Like, I, I, WWE, I, I, I would prefer to see him wrestle, um, but this kind of bad stench that follows him around. I mean. I, I guess w- one day in the very near future on a different podcast, the elite are going to talk about what happened. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure of it. We will learn what happened that fateful night. It's not going to stay secrets forever. Brawl out. We're going to know. Uh, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a cacophony of stories that stem from that. But uh, until then, I guess we're, it's, again, it's just all these rumors that are going to litter Twitter unintentional rhyme yeah a little twitter well, um, we should we should say to people for next week we don't really know what our plan is because we're well wait i i leave tuesday come back wednesday i don't know what you're are you the same 
I fly home on the Tuesday evening, about six o'clock. I think it's my flight. Yeah, so we both fly back Tuesday, get in the Wednesday. So we'll either, we'll, yeah, we'll figure something out. There will be a break it down next week, but it might be like might a be later day. in the week. Yes, it might be a little bit yeah. later. That's, um, I mean, we're, we're, nine times out of ten, we'll, we'll be on the Wednesday, right? But yeah. I think uh, next week, I get home on the Wednesday about midday. We could record Thursday, maybe. Yeah, yeah Thursday. Should, Thursday should be doable. I think Thursday's doable. So yeah, let's. There you go. We'll be back on Thursday next week. Which is good. Well, it's a good time to remind everyone uh, that I'll be out there doing my best business with Kenny for Inside the Ropes. You'll be able to get my long form interviews on there, and I'm sure Kenny will be in front of the camera as well. Uh, a lot of my articles will be going on Daily Mail. You'll see a lot of different content with them as well out there, uh, playing both of the sides like I love to do. Um, mm. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time in LA. I can't wait for it, guys. Keep it locked with Kenny and I on Twitter and all of that good stuff. I'm sure we'll be uploading our interviews while we're out there. So plenty of content for you to get into. We'll keep you updated. It's going to be a good time. If you can't enjoy WrestleMania week, what are we doing here? Huh? What are we doing? I hope that whatever people are doing, they enjoy they enjoy the shows. Two three hour shows or three and a half hour shows. It's, it's very satisfying. I had a great time last year, so I'm looking forward to it again. It should be. I really did. I thought night one last year was maybe my favorite show of the year. There you go. Um, what a babyface way to finish off this podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us here on Break It Down on Inside the Ropes. I'm Max McCarthy, he's Kenny McIntosh, and we will speak to you next week. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.